we'll go ahead and go live for a couple of these overachievers that come in early can tell us about the so we're live now we are okay yeah <clears throat> i'm sure there'll be a couple that come in they can be our test dummies for there's one i see one's coming in so we're coming in early so you can check <coughs> the, uh, audio so it's our vip uh, yeah. five minutes here yeah, five minutes vip Tired has come on me all of a sudden. All right, two of y'all so far. Where's nine? There's Carrie. Sounds good. All right, good. Hopefully, we've exercised all the gremlins and demons uh, from what we're dealing here. So. So yeah, we've uh, Larry and I've been in this room pretty much since Thursday. Yeah, and we have we got some exciting stuff to show y'all. So we'll get started here in about four minutes. That's interesting. We did 962,000 miles last year and 912 this year. We drove less miles this year. Interesting. By about, about 50,000. <clears> well, we had less trucks at the end of this year. We had less trucks last year at the beginning of the year. We started with seven and with 13. This year we started with 13 and with seven. <laughs> <clears throat> interesting. You gonna have some year-end numbers for everybody? I don't know. I'm I'm not quite ready for that yet. But we can. I mean, we can talk numbers if they want to. You know, I just did the last you know settlement this week. So, I mean, the numbers are there. I don't have all the. You know, I still have some expenses and I haven't posted yet. So, I don't. I'm not done. Done. The revenue's done. We all revenue we're gonna have is there. So. Year over year, we're, we're above last year. What about revenue from? <clears throat> we do more revenue this year. Yeah. I got look at. I mean, uh, this is ten ninety nine revenue from uh, from Lansing. I thought it was like three point three. Well, no, no, that was that was gross. All right, about 90 seconds and we'll make the official start here. Yeah, we're, we're, we're slightly up over last year. But hell, last year was the best year on record. <laughs> <laughs> this year we're, we're right there. So. <clears throat> uh, 
Let's see who our, you want to guess who our number one agent is? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's not easy for me. <clears throat> CJW? CAK. <clears throat> then CIF, then CJW. Nice. And FLS, and OLL, and SGA, and BVP, and GDT. See, you guys are here early. You just found out who our top eight agencies are. <laughs> Right. All right. Well, let's get started. <clears throat> Welcome. Happy New Year to everybody. We're coming at you live from the Wingate by Wyndham and Hurricane. Larry and I have been uh, locked in this room since Thursday and just trying to rework the program. We've redone our website. Uh, we got a lot of work done. I'm, I'm really impressed. I, I coming in, I was a little, I wasn't sure we were going to get it all done but I'm looking at this whiteboard over here and everything's got checked off. So I'm happy. Um, we even got stuff done. It's not on the whiteboard. So. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'll give y'all, uh, I'll give y'all a little glimpse of what it looked like. Uh, we brought, basically brought our entire offices and set them up in this room. And, uh, and then last night we had a little fun here at the blue ribbon bar and, um, uh, Lunatic Lounge. The Lunatic Lounge. Yes. And I'm <clears throat> I'm paying for that right now. I'm really tired. I really like to go to bed right now. Uh, we didn't make it to see the ball drop. Um, Did not. I think I went in about 11.15. And uh, so, well, do you want to start out with change, show them changes to the website? Sure. All right, let's do that. So here is the new updated Better Than Ever Blue Ribbon website our landing page before was was pretty bad so we've got our social links right here and then we we tried to answer some of the questions you know what's a lunatic what's a lunatic truck you know we, since our viewership and our our engagement has gone up over the last month or so I, I can see that a lot of the emails and comments that we're getting are you know what's a lunatic and what's a lunatic truck so I have, uh, I've added that to the website. So here is, uh, this is why, what is a lunatic? As soon as it decides to update. Yeah, it's a little draggy here. I'm, I'm not sure exactly why. <clears throat> yeah. So there's that. And so there's home. And um, here's what's a lunatic truck. So we went through everything that, uh, you know, tried to put everything in here so that, you know, it's easy to get to, it's a, it's a click right on the front page and you can go through all this information um, and then that'll help uh, you. Um, We're trying to make it more of a resource for yeah. some of y'all that have questions because, you know, some of the most, I guess you call FAQs are kind of already in there. Mm-hmm. And you, and you just need to kind of look at the area that, you know, again, remember that we kind of have uh, attract a variety of, of interests here, you know, people who want to um, drive for us or be in the program, people that want us to use their trucks and, and 
you know, and, and then Landstar BCOs who are looking for mentoring. So we've tried to departmentalize it so that you've got a place to go look at what it is that you're interested in. And yeah. those buttons are kind of navigate you to that area. Yeah, here in a, a week or two, we, we need some time to prepare since we just got it done. But we will be, well, we're going to do an episode on the Lunatic Masterclass. We got all the details worked out. And um, uh, so that, that'll be, you, it's there now. You can go look at it, read through it if you want to. Yeah, it's kind of, I guess I guess I'd refer to it as, as uh, Blue Ribbon 3.0, you know? Yeah. Because um, Blue Ribbon 1.0 is before you were here. And then the thing that we kind of evolved together uh, would be what everybody knows now as our program. Mm -hmm. But after having done it for well, since 2018, you know, we've kind of found little things that need to be tweaked. And, um, and, and, you know, and, and, and like anything, as you do it, you start realizing that things can be made better. And so that's the primary the reason, that was our goal this weekend really was to get the 2023, what we're now referring to as our master, 2023 masterclass um, training program uh, to get it uh, on paper. And we've got that accomplished. So it's, you know, it's not hugely different. I mean, the, obviously the basics are still the same. Our core principles are still the same. The model is still the same. We've just, we've just basically tried to, um, in the past, we've kind of done that. Our, our, our teaching method was to give you everything on day one and then bring you in and review it as multiple times as need be. And uh, it's overwhelming to everybody there's nobody yeah. that's come here and, and left here with after you know orientation one and, and retain more than probably 10 or 15 percent so the way we're doing it now is we're just sort of doling it out in, in over three different visits to uh, to west virginia and that way you've got a chance to to you know digest the first part of it and have a chance to practice it and then we give you the second the next part and then you know eventually the last part so that's kind of in a nutshell what, what we've done uh there's a lot more to it than that uh, we were really shocked when, when we when we put this in 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 black and white and it ended up being uh, like 11 typewritten pages they said well i think we're 11 or 12. yeah um so it's uh it, it, it's rather involved you know and and uh, but thus the need for us to simplified and and make it and break it down in, into smaller bites you know so um you know i got i, I picked up something i wanted to share with y'all this week um the uh i don't even i guess i saw it uh somebody shared it with me or whatever but uh the uh, asian my guy mother trucker uh read this email that he no, got it's mother Mother truck, yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna share that with y'all right now, and then uh, and then we'll talk about it. He goes, "Hey, mother trucker, I'm pissed. I'm done. Uh, I've been trucking for seven years. Uh, I bought a 2019 uh, Peterbilt 389 for 250,000. I still owe over a hundred thousand dollars on this, and you know uh, I still owe another two and a half, three and a half years left. And he's he owes uh, Bob." $5,100 a month is his note alone. And because he's running the spot market, he's not making his payments. 
And so he's just pissed. He's he's done with the regulations. He's done with everything trucking. And he says he just wants to drop his keys off and keep the motor going. He doesn't care right at the fuel aisle and just walk away from trucking. Um, so it's the regulations. It's uh, yeah. He's mad at the fuel, so he's going to park his truck at the fuel aisle and, and block it and leave it there. Um, yeah, well, it's typical. You know, $5,100 a month truck. Hang on a minute. Somebody, somebody's saying your mic is not going through the computer. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly. And we're both going through the same audio device. So I can't imagine if they can't hear me. Somebody else give us a sound yeah. check on me. Everybody else said it was good. Okay. Um, and I've got all the settings the same. So. Uh, yeah, he, Larry got an echo. Well, well, well. <laughs> probably. He says we can hear him just a little echo. Well, okay. Well, when, when we can get, when, for some reason, when we get here and we're out of our normal professional high quality studios that we have at home, uh, things just don't work right in here. And I don't, yeah. I can't explain. So, um, anyway, back to the video. So, so this guy emails the, the, the YouTube channel and is he's mad he's pissed off and he mentions regulation he mentions fuel and then says he's got a five thousand one hundred dollar truck payment um I, why he's not mad at himself for signing up for such stupidity um is beyond me um you know, I, I just can't, I, I, I don't know, I, I just can't imagine um, doing something that dumb and then blaming regulation and fuel. And then to prove, you know, how mad he is, he's going to park his truck on the fuel island at a truck stop. And leave it running. And leave it running. And leave it there. And leave it there. Well, that, that, well, that, <clears throat> that's going to show him. That, that, I'm sure that'll. Yeah, he's sure, he's sure going to show the industry. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I wonder if his customers really appreciated his $5,100 a month truck. I doubt it. Or if they even noticed, you know. I think the bigger question is, did he appreciate his customers? Probably not. Well, I because, promise you not. You know, he, he is obviously the sole focus of sure. his business. It's me, 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 me. Uh, it mentioned in there in the first part. I don't know if it, I don't know if it got cut off, but he bought a three eighty nine Peterbilt. Oh, duh! That's a shocker. So he's buying the truck because he wants a long hood, shiny, pretty truck, and he, you know, he's but he's not doing this, and that's that's kind of the big picture here. Somebody had uh, put up a comment: um, Is there a blueprint for success in truck ownership and fleet building? Yes, there is. Uh, low capitalization, low risk, no debt, customer-focused attitude. Um, nobody cares about your truck. Nobody cares what it looks like. Nobody cares what brand it is. The only thing they care about is your service. That's it. And I, I stitched a TikTok this week uh, that was fantastic. It was a guy that it was a, a it was a stitch with a guy who was complaining about how servers, restaurant servers are paid. And this guy pops in and says, well, I'm a server and I used to be a, car a carpenter, uh, but I don't care about the restaurant because all the restaurant is, is a gateway to my customers. 
And so he treats himself as an independent contractor who is paid by his customers, the people sitting in the chairs at the restaurant. And what little $3 an hour he gets from the restaurant just pays his taxes. But he doesn't care about the restaurant. He's using their building, their tables, their restaurant equipment, their cooks, their busboys to serve his customers. And that is the absolute attitude. And that's where most truck drivers fail. Um, is they have a very, very narcissistic, selfish, self-centered attitude. Um, and they don't give a damn about the customer. Only to the extent, you know, well, a good customer pays really good and a bad customer doesn't. Or a bad customer has really heavy freight and, and a good customer doesn't. You know, that that st- stitch that you did should be mandatory at all lens orientations because that's exactly the relationship the BCOs should have at Lansdowne. <clears throat> Oh yeah, um, you know, and uh, I mean, he he gets it. He understands that you know his restaurant, i.e., the carrier, is just the 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 um, the um, what's the word I want to use the the tunnel, mm-hmm. you know, the the gateway uh, between him and who really pays him, which is the customer. And he was was um, made it very clear. You know, in, in uh, what his priority was in, in serving his customer, and of course the customer, you know, of course he gets tips, but the customer still pays the restaurant. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, um, and uh, I mean it, it it parallels what we, you know, talk all the time about. People are so taken up with Landstar under thirty five percent, and not understand the relationship between you know the BCO and the agent, the BCO and the customer. Um, he made it very, very clear. Is there a way you can link that? I mean, is there a way that these guys can find it easily? Uh, just go to the Asian My Trucker channel on YouTube. It's it's there. Um, he's got a big thumbnail about the guy leaving his truck on the fuel island. So you can find it on his channel. Um, I mean, I, I see it all the time. You know, the... the it's hard for the industry to not be driver focused because you have to have the drivers. And so I see people at Landstar putting pictures up of their big, shiny, new 2019, 2018, 2020 trucks uh, with all of the driver amenities. Um, and, uh, but I, that's not who I want. I, I don't want the driver. I don't want a driver to come and drive for me because I've got a shiny truck with all these amenities. Now our trucks have inverters and refrigerators and all that kind of stuff. Um, but that's not really who I want. I, I want someone who has an entrepreneurial spirit that wants to, that recognizes the opportunity to be in business and make a profit, uh, a substantial profit, um, and then build a business that has a foundation that, that, that builds value over time. Um, I, I don't want a truck driver. I don't want just somebody that keeps a seat warm and picks up and deliver loads. We are paid by picking up and delivering loads. That's how the money's generated to pay the drivers and, uh, you know, pay dividends to the truck owners and, and, and provide a profit to us so we can do what we do. But it's not just about um, getting drivers and um, and of course, I see a lot of those guys have empty trucks um, because, uh, you know, the, the thing you've got to understand, and that's part of the reason that we changed the first basically 12 weeks of our program uh, 
it, the Landstar system is very, very different than anything that you've experienced recently in trucking. Now, you know, if you've been trucking 15 or 20 years, you may have worked somewhere where things work this way, where you're kind of directly dealing with a broker or an agent. But when you work for a big company that has all of these, you know, the big corporate building with all these cubicles in it, and they're doing all that stuff for you, you don't ever have to communicate with those people. You generally have one point of contact. And it's always the same. It's that same fleet manager or dispatcher. And then you have your communication device in the truck. But here you have to be very flexible because there's 1400 agents and they all do business just a little bit differently than the other one. And you have to be pliable uh, and flexible to work with them, to give them what they need. Um, but, you know, the agents don't exist to serve the BCO. The agents exist to serve the customer. And the BCO exists to serve the agent or the customer through that agent. But your agent is your first customer. Um, and it's just so, you know, uh, it's sad to see so many people have the attitude that they do. But then they get what they're, they get what they're worth. Um, so... Uh, there's going to be a lot of pain for a lot of people over the next three or four months because the, the mathematics, I brought my BSC 9000 with me. The mathematics say. You should put a, like a chain around your neck, like a, <laughs> what do they call it, football, a turnover? I need to wear it like a clock around my neck, like Flava Flay back in the yeah, not, back exactly. in the 80s. Turnover chain, you know. Yeah. Um, put diamond encrusted and, yeah. you know. Uh, but the, the market, unless you're just going to never, ever go home, is not going to support a $5,100 truck payment. That's not the agent's fault. It's not the broker's fault. It's not the customer's fault. It's your fault. If you signed up for a $5,100 truck payment, I mean, that's insane. Hell, that was insane in 2021 when the rates were enormous, you know, and the biggest in history. Um, now, could you survive enough to maybe refi that trend. And that's the, the Asian, my guy was having a conversation with some kind of finance guy and he was basically given the options of trying to <clears throat> refi the truck and get the payment down if he could, but he paid $250,000 for a truck. And he's upside. He's way upside down oh, right now. Okay. Way. What happens if it, if it's total, he, there's no way he's going to have insurance proceeds to cover if he don't have gap insurance he's even if he's got gap insurance it's, it's not going to cover that so um but here let me let me kind of let, let's take that out of trucking for a second okay remember we're we're, we're, <coughs> here, we're here to do business if i can conduct business and compete with you and deliver the same freight to the same customers to you with with no truck payment because i went and spent twenty thousand dollars of my money on a truck, and you went and financed $250,000 for the same piece of equipment, that's just insane. It doesn't, it, 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 there's no justification for that. Now, we're getting, I'm going to get all the haters here. You think you can only do trucking in? Remember, you know, had he had the money to go write the check, First of all, he wouldn't be in the situation he's in. He wouldn't be parking the fuel island. Right. He wouldn't have the pressure. 
But he didn't do that. He went out and completely leveraged it up to his nostrils, okay? And now the market won't support it. Um, I, I don't know if this, how experienced this guy is. I, I don't know. But the bottom line here is that we, we, we preach it every weekend. You're not, you're, you're not going... By, you're not going from, from 12th grade to 13th grade when you become a, leave a company driver and go buy a truck. You're making a decision, okay, to open a business, all right, to create something that's going to have to be nurtured and, 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 and babied. And so when, when, you, when you make your very first decision about going into business, so radically wrong, I mean, how do you ever get that straightened back out again? I mean, that that deal was doomed. Even if the 20, 2021 market stayed where it was for the next two or three years, that still wouldn't make that decision the right decision. That that was wrong from the start, and you can't get it right. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, think about you know what what we talk about here is doing this without excessive risk. You know. Buying a truck for $250,000 when you can't write the check, how much more risk can, can you can you take on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, get, go get under an empty, go find a trailer that's not hooked to a truck and crawl underneath the front of it and look at that kingpin. That kingpin, it, it don't matter if it's a 2000, 2020, 2022, <clears throat> if it'll hook to that kingpin. And it'll pull that trailer. That's all that matters. If it will pull that trailer reliably and efficiently. Because when you back up to the dock, when you open the doors and you back up to that dock and the customer raises the door, all they can see is the inside of that trailer. They have no idea what kind of truck you're pulling. Now, in flatbed, Mm -hmm. they see your truck. But I promise you, even if, a customer may comment, boy, I really like your truck. I, I like how pretty that is. They're not going to keep me from hauling their freight. They don't care enough for it to matter where you could, um, you know, justify uh, borrowing money. Like borrowing money to get in business is dumb no matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you're a plumber. uh general contractor, borrowing money to get in business adds unnecessary risk to your business. Trucking is risky enough as it is to add that much, a crippling amount of debt um, because one misstep, um, I mean, hit a deer, you know, and then go try to get your truck because that's that truck's only going to be fixed at the dealership. Let me, let me present an argument to you here, okay? <clears throat> <clears throat> the guys who complain about giving thirty-five percent of their money to Landstar, because I what made me think about this was GT right here. Okay, um, it, that, that's stupid to do from their point of view, but it wouldn't be stupid to spend fifty-one hundred bucks for a truck at Fairchild in Washington State voluntarily. I mean, do do you see the correlation I'm trying to make here? If, if, well, what 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 do you for someone to come to Lancer and give up thirty five percent of money is ridiculous in, in a lot of people's eyes. But leasing on to Fairchild in Washington State with a fifty one hundred dollar truck payment, 
is not a bad decision. You know, you're, volu you're voluntarily giving up $5,100 of your revenue to drive that truck. Why wouldn't you just get an older truck and pay cash for it and put the $5,100 in your pocket? But the same guys that argue that, to do that, will argue not to come to Landstar and give them 35% of the money. It's just, it's just a hypocritical. Uh, Let, let's hit let's hit this one from DL. Twenty nineteen Cascadias are selling for seventy five grand with five hundred fifty thousand miles. Is that a good investment, or should I focus on an older model? Will both need to be overhauled? Um, okay, if you had seventy five thousand cash, maybe I would. I, I the the used truck prices are not done falling. That truck could very well sell for fifty grand in three months, um, or at auction. Much yeah, the that. 16, <clears throat> let's see, we saw the 16 went for 30, 35, 35,000. And that, that was in January. No, I mean, that no. was in November, November. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so at this point, I would say no, even if you had cash, that's too much. It's too much for your first truck. Um, we, we have demonstrated very clearly that you can get into your first truck for 40,000 or less. And that's completely gone through ready to haul freight, completely efficient, got the right tires on it, got all the modifications on it, you know, put a new driver's seat, whatever, all the stuff for 40 grand or less. Um, so the big thing to understand about a Cascadia, the DD15 is a good engine. Um, at about 800,000, you need to go in and do the bottom end of the motor, the oil pump, the pickup tubes, they're known for failing around 800,000 miles because the O-rings get soft and you lose oil pressure and it junks them over. Um, so somewhere between 750 and 850,000, you're going to have to do the bottom end. We had it done for, I think, 3,000 or a little less. It was less. It was, uh, yeah, it was less. Probably 2,500. Uh, that's not at the dealership, by the way. That's an independent shop. Yeah. Um, uh, should you focus on an older model? Absolutely. I would, at, at this point in my experience, it is, unless you live in the People's Socialist Republic of California, um, you need to be looking at an 03 to 07 Freightliner. That's what I would be looking at. You can't do, you can't touch, don't even be tempted to get anything between 2008 um, and 2015. Don't touch them. Don't be tempted. They don't have the emission systems right on those. 16 and up, they do. They have a better handle on them. Plus, we have diesel force cleaning and DPF alternatives and max mileage. And they're at least manageable now. But if this is your first truck, um, if it's your first truck, that's way too much to spend on a truck that's going that has the potential to drop twenty five or thirty thousand dollars in value in the next few months. Now, maybe you look at that three or four months from now uh, after the the market has finished crashing and it ain't anywhere near done. Um, but forty thousand can buy you a truck that is uh, efficient, reliable, able to haul freight, a, because the first. You know, the first two to five years of your business, um, you need lots of profit because you need lots of cushion. 
uh, William makes a good point here. If you're setting on 250,000, you have, you have enough that losing 75,000 would hurt, but it wouldn't kill you. Right. Because you got to think about the unthinkable. Like Larry said, what happens? You buy that 2019 for 75 grand. Uh, you hook it up, you haul freight, everything's going good. Somebody comes across the center line, hits you head on, get run off in the ditch, truck gets totaled. Uh, and the insurance company says, all right, well, here's, here's 35,000. What are you going to do then? You know, um, your, your exposure and your risk is way too high for a new business to handle. If let's say you save up $40,000 cash like Zeke did. Okay. But very, very example. Okay. Zeke saved up that money, put that money in that truck. That truck was still insurable at that point. If that truck would have burned down two days in, I mean, he's, he's not, he's not bankrupt. He's not broke. He pretty much gets his money back, start over. Um, so, you know. Well, keep in mind, I mean, I, I, again, it, the, the truck is just a beast on you. It's just a tool. You know, if, if your identity is that truck, that's one thing. But again, that's the, that's not, that's emotion versus business. And when you make decisions based on emotion, typically they're not very good business decisions. And, and here's a perfect example of this guy right here. Here's a guy that made the decision to go spend 250 grand for a truck, okay? I don't care where he's going to run it, if he gets his diesel free or not for free. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're spending $5,100 of what you made every month to pay for a tool that I can go over there and spend $25,000 for and do the same job he does. And if getting the diesel paid for is a benefit, I still get that. But I've, stuck, I've got $5,000 a month in my pocket now that he doesn't have. Okay? It's just a tool. It, you're, if you're in business to make a profit, then making a profit means you spend as little as you can on the tools. But if you're in business because it's your ego, or you're in business because you want to impress everybody, or you're in business because you, you want to have this big, those aren't big, those people aren't, the reason that the failure rate in this industry is so high is because there's too many people in this industry that identify with their truck. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not Kenworth on there, that's their name. I'm Joe Blow, you know, as opposed to, oh, this is just a truck, you know. Um, but the failure rate in this industry is, it, 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 I've never seen anything. You, I think you could, I think you could um, build dynamite and have a better chance of not getting killed than you would in this industry financially. You know, because everybody does it the wrong way for the wrong reason. Nobody does it to make money. Now, they buy the truck and they feel entitled. Listen, I spent $250 for a truck. I am entitled to getting 4 or $5 a mile. No, you don't. Your customer doesn't, they don't owe you anything. You're going to compete for the same freight and the same work that everybody else is. And if people out there can compete for it, at a buck fifty a mile, why are you entitled to get five just because you spent more money for a truck? That's that's a emotional decision 
compared to a business decision. And the business decision will win every time. We talk so much about risk. And I'm going to say this before I bring this, uh, this next comment up. All right. I just went and I, I, what I was Googling was um, a financial term for calculating risk. And one that came up was standard deviation provides a measure of the volatility of asset prices in comparison to their historical averages. But the first line of this says risk is defined in financial terms as the chance that an outcome or investments actual gains will differ from an expected outcome or return. Risk includes the possibility of losing some or all of an original investment. So never enough says example, if my business, which is the truck, can't afford to pay a loan payment on the truck, why would I be in business? I'd rather use the bank's money than my money. Well, That'd be fine if the bank, if, if using the bank's money had no, um, if you were connected to that. No but, potential negative outcome. You know, using the bank's money and it loses, you're still responsible to pay it back. So that's the fallacy. And it's have. not, please understand, it's not that the truck can't afford to pay the loan payment. That, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Our profits are clear evidence that we could afford mathematically to pay the truck payment. What we can't afford is to have the truck payment if and when something goes wrong. If and when something goes wrong and you have that debt load, because that bank doesn't give a shit. They, you're not going to call them and say, hey man, I'm really having a hard time. They don't care. They're going to repossess the truck. They're going to bankrupt you. They don't care. So yeah, there's a, you know, a, a principle of using somebody else's money other than yours. Yeah, I get all that. But what we're talking about here is starting a, you're starting a business one in a, in a already volatile, risky industry, period. Trucking is risky. Trucking is volatile. Always has been, always will be. When you're adding that debt load and that payment that has to be paid, then that's just more pressure on your brand new business. You know, when, when, we, uh, when we brought our new babies home, they required so much extra care. Um, and, and we had, you know, if we didn't manually feed them, they would die. All right. And I, I mean, I got an eight year old right now. Can't leave him home by himself. You know, you cannot add that level of risk to a new business. Larry has said on this show a thousand times, if you have an established business that has a healthy maintenance account and all your taxes are paid um, and you have a legitimate business and you get to the point that you want to make an investment in a piece of equipment that's 75000 or 100000 or 150000 and you can write a check and pay for it, go ahead. Doesn't matter. We deal with the first-time owner-operator buying their first truck, okay? The re big part of the reason that we're at Landstar is risk management. 
because there's a compared to having your own authority, there is a lot of risk protection here that you do not have when you're out there on your own with your authority. And I can tell you 100% unequivocally that based on my interaction with the average person that walks through this door right here over the last three years, about 92.7% of, of American people should absolutely never under any circumstances get their own authority. Now that 7.3% can probably do it. Larry could do it because he has the discipline of a person that's been in business over 45 years. He could absolutely do it. You got to ask yourself the question. If somebody with 45 plus years of business experience that could by all measure, uh, run a trucking company based in its own authority, doesn't do it. Shouldn't that tell you something? Shouldn't that say, well, damn, I mean, here's Larry. I mean, go listen to episode 49 and listen to his whole life story. Um, I promise you y'all he's forgotten more than a bunch of y'all ever hope to learn. And that's just experience. And he's older than dirt. Um, but if Larry Long is not going to go buy a bunch of trailers, get an authority, and do all that, why the hell should you, the individual guy that has no business experience whatsoever, uh, about to, I mean, you talk about a big, uh, a big jump or little jump off a big cliff, you know, but we, we relegate it to, we, we make it look like, oh, well, I'm a driver now. I'm, I'm holding steering wheel. I'm shifting gears. I'm backing into docks. I can be in business. I'll just do everything I'm doing now. That's the problem. You're going to do everything you're doing now. And then this whole list of stuff you've never heard of filing your fed hut and taking care of your maintenance and taking care of customers and taking care of billing and taking care of accounting and taking care all this stuff that you have no clue about as a company driver working for one of the big carriers, you've had no access to this stuff. You've had no experience with it, but you're going to run down to Lone Mountain or Schneider Finance, and you're going to think, oh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm totally ready. You are absolutely not prepared in any way, shape or form to, to be in business. And that's why 95% of first-time owner-operators fail. And they all fail for the same reasons. They get too much truck. They get too much debt. They don't work enough. They don't know how to have a customer-focused attitude because they're so obsessed with what their damn truck looks like, wearing flip-flops and, well, anyway. Um, guys, it's hard, but it's worth it. I mean... But you cannot continue to believe that you can just jump from a company driver to an owner operator with no business experience and survive past two years when 95% of your fellow Americans fail. 95%. We didn't make that up. That, that, that's a statistic from this industry. So you just got to stop justifying dumb decisions and bad behavior and risky behavior just because it sounds good.
uh, also, the, this, this is a myth that if you buy an older truck, okay, that it's going to continue to cost you money. Um, I've only bought one, one truck ever that had less than 500,000 miles on it. And that was the first truck I ever bought. And today it has 1.85 million miles on it, okay? I uh, never had the engine overhaul, by the way. Uh, every other truck I've bought has had probably a million miles on it. Um, and, you know, it, 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 none of them are in a dealership waiting for a one box. None of them have the sensors on a slow boat from China in the Pacific Ocean that we can't get. You know, all of those trucks are repairable, and most of them are repairable within a few hours. Uh, and the parts for those trucks are a fraction of the parts for your new trucks. Um, I don't have to get Kenworth's Packard's permission mm -hmm. to change the uh, speed, the speed limiter uh, on, on one of our on the trucks. So, you know, you can't, you can't listen to all of the, 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 the experts out there and make the decision. You have to sit down and do it yourself. And you have to get that BSE 9000 out. If you can show me that you can make, that it makes more sense to spend $250,000 for a truck as opposed to paying cash, twenty-five dollars or $30,000 for a cash, and we're going to haul the same freight, do the same job. I'm all ears. Mm -hmm. I've, been doing, I've been doing business since 1977, okay? I'm pretty good at using that tool over there, all right? I'm pretty good at making money. Um, I don't have any problem making money. We, we, we made money this year, okay? Um, I, we, you're not on Facebook. Uh, selling our trucks and saying we're going to go a different direction. Um, matter of fact, we're we're bringing on more people right now than we have trucks for. So we're going to have to add trucks. For the first time in a long time, I'm looking at buying trucks. And uh, it's just, um, you know, it, it, it just a re, it's just the re result of a very, very solid business practice. Now, look, we're not here. To, I'm not here to sell you or convince you. Just like the argument that people we have about coming to Lansar. I don't really, look, I, I don't, doesn't, doesn't affect me one way or another, okay? Our podcast is, is, is advertised everywhere as being our opinion based on our experience. Whether you believe it or adhere to it or not, I really could care less, okay? Um, I, 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 we're not going to have an argument here. We're going to all of a sudden go, oh, well, you're, oh, that's right. I was wrong. You, I, we should spend 5100 bucks a, a week, a month on a truck, you know? That ain't ever, ever going to happen, all right? Because we have done this long enough that the proof of concept has been proven over and over and over and over again. And in 2009, when 25% of owner-operators were out of business, I started in that year. First truck I ever bought was in June of 2009, okay? I proceeded to make a million dollars in four and a half years, okay, in that market. And then again in 2014, and again in 20-whatever the hell we're doing right now. So, you know, it... it just save it, okay? Just save it. Here's a good question. <clears throat> if you can rebuild an engine a hundred times, why buy a brand new truck? Well, you can't really rebuild an engine a hundred times. No. Um, about three, three, two Nor or... do you need to. Correct. Overhaul less than a million miles, okay? Right. So unless you're Methuselah, you don't need it to be 
Right. You only need to be done a couple times or three. Okay. But you know, a block before a block has got to be removed from the chassis and out of framed versus being in framed. And just for the sake of anybody that don't know what that means, all an in frame is, is rebuilding the truck with the block still in the frame. And an out of frame is rebuilding the engine with the engine out of the frame. Um, you're going to get to the point, you know, by the second or third rebuild that that block is going to need some machine work. It's going to be need to be line board and, um, you know, but there, it, you can't do it to infinity. Uh, like Larry said, you know, I mean, an end frame and a, an end frame properly done and an end frame properly maintained will last a million miles. Um, but or, or more. Well, now I, you know, most if you if you read uh, oh, what's he got uh, Stanley, Millionaire Next Door, Millionaire Mind, great books. Your average millionaire doesn't buy brand new anything. All right, they buy used cars. They buy modest homes. Uh, they don't buy expensive suits. You know, they, 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 they just don't. Now, if the people that do buy that stuff are broke people. Trying to impress people. Trying to impress people that they probably don't like anyway. Um, and, you know, if you listen to Dave Ramsey, who I, you know, I used to listen to Dave a lot. I don't much anymore. But Dave has seven baby steps, okay? 95% of his radio show is baby step one. Right. Then you occasionally, well, hey, we're on baby step three or four or whatever. And then the very, very rare case is somebody's actually on baby step seven. So if there were baby steps for owner operator, you know, the first one, two, three steps is about lowering your risk profile, but not having too much debt, not having too much truck so that your business can survive beyond two years. And then you have the option because you have wealth. Right. If you do trucking the way we teach it and you come to us and you run through our 18-month program and we turn you loose and you do what we tell you to do, you should be a millionaire in five to seven years, okay? I don't give a shit. You go buy $250,000. That doesn't matter. Does not, does not matter. But when you are broke, like most Americans are, so broke you can barely pay attention. You got two nickels to rub together. But hey, let me go sign up for a five thousand dollar a month truck payment or two thousand dollar a month truck payment. Uh, that'll fix it. No, it won't. It's not going to fix your problem. Um. So it's just it's risk management. You can justify like the other guys, like, well, I could use somebody else's money. Here's an example of using somebody else's money. You've got a paid for truck. You've got fifty thousand dollars in the bank because you've worked your ass off and you've saved money. It's time for an end frame. Well, rather than take your 20000 out of your bank account, you could get a, a low interest loan and use their money instead of yours, but you still have your money. And if something goes wrong, you could stroke a check and pay it off. That's an example of using somebody else's money. But you use somebody else's money when you have money, not when you're broke. That's not going to help you. <clears throat> Uh, oh, no, wrong one. Ah, the thing jumped on me. Where'd it go? Um, oh, my gosh. I lost it. Oh, here it is. 
We're, I, we're, we're, going, hang on. we're going to do uh, either one of these or a video comparing exactly the cost of being leased to a carrier, probably Landstar, as opposed to the cost of having your own authority. Because mm -hmm. be all fun. you all think that having your own authority doesn't come with any expenses. Okay. <laughs> You know, at least to carry, you're giving up some of your money. You have your authority. It's like it's like uh, Xanadu or whatever. The, you know, it it it. Hey, hey, listen, we have fleets contacting us right now that 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 want us to do something to help them because they're losing their authority because their drivers suck and their CSA scores are so high that the government the government's forcing them out. The insurance. the insurance companies won't insure them anymore, won't even write the policy, okay? We had one that said, the insurance company will not take my check. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the, the authorities, it's not just a choice, okay? It, 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 it works for, for some people. And somebody asked a question, what's the number of the trucks that sleep? That's not, that, 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 doesn't, that, that doesn't really justify it either number of trucks in the fleet. What justifies it is writing down, here's what I'm paying a carrier to do these things for me. And oh, by the way, they have departments of each of these to do these things. They don't have a guy running down the road driving a truck trying to do this stuff while he's being unloaded. You think the quality of that work might be different? And, and even, and still be competitive or, or less expensive than doing it yourself? Or paying somebody to do it yourself. So you when you when you when you itemize all the things that a carrier does for you as part of whatever it is that you're giving up versus what it costs you. And let me let me give you one just I'm gonna give you two small examples. Okay. Everybody that's in on in this group right here talking about having authority is factoring their invoices, okay? All right. That is a that's just payday loan. All right. That's payday loan. The other thing is. Listen, we, I've been at Landstar since 2012, and in the time I've been here, we've had four trucks total for whatever reason. Not once has any of my insurance gone up one penny because of that. If, 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 the, if a guy that I want to hire qualifies for Landstar, my insurance underwriting doesn't, be, doesn't go through uh, another process, <coughs> and we have to factor in the risk that that driver brings. But in your own authority, with your insurer, everybody you hire is going to be judged and your, your premium is going to be adjusted based on the risk that that driver has. And you total four trucks, I doubt you're going to get written. So it's not the same. You know, it's not like I'm going to do choose to do this or I'm going to go get my authority. Somebody said, what well, is it a one and done? If you didn't screw it up, can you do it again? I, I don't I don't understand that thinking. I don't understand that thinking. Somebody asked, well, instead of talking about how you go broke, how do you make it? Well, we 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 if if you're if this is your first time ever listening to us, I'm, I'll tell you real quick, okay? Here's how you make it. You don't borrow money to get in business. Number one. Step number one. Ever. You don't get in business or something you know nothing about. Okay? And just because you're a really, really good truck driver. Doesn't mean you know anything about the trucking business, okay? So those are the two first things you do, all right, is don't make those mistakes. Second, don't pay more for what you need than what, than what you, than you have to, all right? You, 
we've talked about it all night tonight. Why buy a $500,000 Coke machine to sell Cokes with if you can buy one for $500? They both do the same job. Yep. So just looking at it from a common sense business approach, it, that's how you get it. And, and it doesn't matter whether it's trucking or whorehousing. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. I mean, there, there is a there. There's probably a mathematical answer to this question about how many trucks in a fleet does it, you know, start to make sense. But there's one thing you're leaving out. It's not about the trucks. <clears throat> An authority works best when you're not having to rely on spot market freight when you have your own customers, which is a whole other. Larry's had that experience when he was an agent trying to go out, beat doors down, cold calls, you know, just over and over and over again, trying to get that business. But if your, if your life's desire is to do that, to, to build a business that goes out and gets its own customers and you're going to scale that, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 trucks would probably generate enough profit to lower the risk a little bit for you to go do that. Okay. We talked to a guy one day that had an authority, had three or four trucks and like two of them were wrecked. And so we're asked because of our experience, you know, we've had trucks totaled and, you know, we just that went, okay, it's totaled. And they wrote us a check and it was in. And I'm like, well, how much is the insurance company giving you for this truck? And he was like, zero. I'm like, what? Yeah, they're, they're not giving us anything because, I don't know, we didn't file a paper. We didn't sign. You know, whatever. There was some sort of oh, clear. No, 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 no. They had a driver in the truck that was not approved by the insurance company. He wasn't on the policy. Right. Wasn't so on the policy. So he wrecked the truck and now there is no coverage. Zero. Z. Row coverage. All right. If you think that you are going to, as an individual, take on the unbelievable responsibility of running a trucking company with your own authority and do it better and do it cheaper and do it more efficiently than someone like a Landstar or Anderson Trucking or whoever, you know, uh, the, the most of the, 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 most of the least contracts are pretty similar. You know, we, you, we give you cargo liability insurance or we give you access to a trailer. Or we do whatever for this percentage of the freight. Um, but it is insane to, and here's the, listen, I, I'm going to say this disclaimer. I've said it a bunch of times. If you are hearing me right now, you have your own authority, your own truck and trailer, and you've been in business for three or four, five, ten years, and you're doing it and you're doing it well, my hat's off to you. I commend you. I have all the respect for you in the world. The problem I have is a bunch of the jokers that come into my comment section telling me um, how much better it is to have an authority than to be robbed by Landstar is a truck driver moron with a truck driver attitude that has no idea what the hell he's talking about because most of these, these idiots don't even understand how the, what the Landstar contract says later took 35%. No dumbass. They're taking 35% of the line haul. Okay. It actually is more closer to 29% after everything soaks through. But if we had our own trailer that drops by another seven or 8%. So, 
it's really only about 20 or 21 if we had our own trailer, but we have, we have not mathematically determined that having our own trailers is better or more profitable than using Landstar's trailer pool. And that's where part of that money goes to, to maintain the trailer. So our trailer expense is zero, no trailer expense. Our cargo liability uh, policy, zero. Our drug consortium, zero. Um, billing department, factoring invoices, zero. No we, recourse. No recourse. If we we deliver the load, we scan the paperwork, we get paid, period. Don't matter if Star never gets paid. We get paid every single time. And we don't have, I don't, they've got a million dollar billing department down there. They have the best hazmat department in the industry, by the way. And, and if you're a BCO right now listening to me and you're not scanning your paperwork in and letting uh, hazmat people look at it before you haul the load, you're an idiot. They are, they, they have, you talk about somebody's forgotten more. They have forgotten more than the road pirate can ever hope to learn. But it's like you get, they, they think that you get nothing for that 35%. We get a whole lot more. And you get everything if you have your authority. Like there's no cost, okay? Just the fuel discount alone that we get because Landstar is so big and has such a good uh, negotiating department at LCAT, that alone, I mean, it, it, you, Chris, you made a point on, on YouTube the other day about something about, uh, some of us talking about just around 35%, and you showed an example of a fuel uh, um, purchase um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you, if, you know, if you look at, at how much money we save every year on fuel, oh, it's... because of the, because of the discounts we get Landstar and then tires, you know, among other things, I mean, the, the purchasing power of a big carrier, um, is, is hard to match with a, a little bitty company with your own authority. What, what, what are you going to walk in and negotiate a deal with pilot, you know, to get <laughs> 25 cents? You know, over over cost or whatever. Um, it's look. You just again. You just have to compare apples to apples. And once you do that, and you take away all of the he said, she said, I saw it on YouTube. I heard a guy at the counter at Petro say, you take all that out. The bullshit. That's why we call that the BSE. It's a bullshit eliminator. Okay. Once you get all that out of there. Then it's an easy decision for most people to look at and go, oh man, look at this. If you keep the emotion out of it, you know. So um, that's the, um, you know, that that's how that's how you get it to answer somebody's question. That's how you do it. You do it like that without emotion. You do it with what makes sense, black and white, profit and loss, you know. Now, most people don't even know if they're making a profit and loss because they have no idea. You know, they don't know their numbers. They don't know how to find their numbers. They don't think it's important. I can't tell how many times we see guys at Landstar going, if I have to worry about what fuel costs, I'm not getting enough rates. Well, I got news for you, okay? That ain't working right now. I would love... Um, I would love one of these guys... Uh, that says stuff like this. 
You're giving up a percentage for every single load. That's crazy. But if you Land, have your authority, you don't. Landstar <laughs> is a joke. I wouldn't recommend anyone to lease on with Landstar. Okay, how about this? How about you bring your books, bring your books over here to West Virginia, and you sit down and compare your books to his, okay? But they're not going to do that because they're just going to bark this bullshit over and over and over again. Landstar's a joke. Why would Land, ask me, answer me this question, GT, why would Larry Long, a 45 plus year businessman, be at Landstar for 10 plus years if it was a joke? Because he's stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> um, listen. Again, I don't know why we are just fucking idiots. Um, uh, but it, because it's fun, at least well, people number get, one, I'm glad you I keep telling everybody about Landstar Joe because I, I really don't want you coming here anyway, okay? Yeah. Uh, well, especially, especially, you know, here's here's the thing. Landstar has some amazing customers with some amazing contract mm -hmm. rates. Until you guys come here. Until, right? until, yeah. until idiots until and assholes like this here. come and, and they do come over here and they've got this narcissistic attitude with the axis of the universe running through the top of their head. Yeah. And then they piss off the customers and we lose the direct freight because of jackasses like this. So great. If you think Landstar sucks, guess what? You don't have to lease a Landstar. It's awesome. It's awesome. You can stay in the comment section, babbling on horse shit that doesn't make any sense. It's not based in any factual uh, information or metric, uh, you know, but again, we are here because he, let's be honest, he ain't got to do this. He don't have to do this. He's got plenty of money, you know, I, 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 I desperately have to do the, this. Okay. The, the, hang on, hang on. The, 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 the basic question here was tell us how to make money Quit telling us why make people fail. Well, first of all, they're related. Well, yeah. But second of all, being at Landstar or or, or a care, it doesn't, doesn't it matter. Doesn't have to be Landstar. Doesn't matter. We like it here, but I don't. It doesn't matter where. But being at a carrier, if you if you again again, if you add all the things up, it, you if if you you can't be with your own authority and not pay a percentage. You just don't pay it to one person. You pay it to the fuel guy. You pay it to the insurance guy. You pay it to your maintenance. All the things that you pay lists for, we don't. And a lot of things that you do, like factoring GT, because I guarantee you're factoring your loads. 100%. We don't. Okay? Unless, unless he's the guy um, uh, that's leased to some character. Hey, okay. Well, the short bus. That's Not the most appropriate name in the history of YouTube. If you guys would get your authority, you would see a lot more. No, we wouldn't. We would not because you have costs that we do not. Period. I, I can't. I can't believe that this that this belief is so prevalent. I'm 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 shocked basically that people would get on here and argue that, and they have no proof of that. No clue. None. You have, you have no way of proving what you just said. None. I would, but boy, I would love you to bring your books if you have books. You know, it's unlikely. But if you have books, why don't you come down and we'll do a live podcast? We'll lay your books out on this table, and 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 you can go ahead and show us how much more money you made in twenty twenty two than we did. Um. 
you know, it's, it's, it's nonsense. Um, but you know, we don't pay for stuff that you have to pay for period. It's, it's, it's just a fact. All right. I'm done with this bullshit argument. Um, somebody well, asked about. Well, we oh, here's the problem. Okay, we've got all these new listeners, and they come in here, and they just they drop in just long enough to hear something we're saying, and they want to argue against it. They haven't listened to anything before tonight. They know nothing about what we do, and but we end up spending half the damn podcast dealing with these dickheads. Okay, I say we just ignore them and block them and deal with the people that want to hear what we got to say. Right. Okay. So let's do them, that. Right? So. All right. Uh, there's a question about. Oh, okay. Um, I, Evan, is the Conestogie yours? Would you guys recommend your own flatbed? Um, here's the thing, and this is, I loved flatbed, but little experience I got in it because it's a very different world, you know, like drivers help each other and, you know, the van, you know, I'm always waiting for somebody to close the door behind me and lock me inside, you know, um, but flatbed is, it sounds like a culture. Okay. Well, I've heard of, guys at Landstar who have specialized trailers that like lease it out to their buddy. You know, some guys got some super duper stretch three axle, four axle deal. Um, and I've heard of, <clears throat> excuse me, platform guys that own two or three or four trailers. <clears throat> but again, if it is your first truck and your first foray into being an owner operator, I would absolutely not buy a trailer period. Now, the Conestoga is not ours. We lease it from another VCO. Basically, he gets the money and we pull it. You know, um, the trailer money goes to him, truck money goes to us. And the Conestoga has been very profitable. We've been very impressed with the Conestoga. We, we like it a lot because it's been doing some kick-ass numbers over the last few weeks uh, when the van stuff was down. Now, that could flip at any time because, you know, just the market is what it is. Um, uh, but... I'll do, I will not ever recommend someone, uh, a new owner operator buy a trailer ever. Now you get, again, a, a business, but get back on that to your point. You've got a solid foundation under your business. You've got some money. You pick up a trailer for 15, 20 grand, pay cash for it. Then yeah. Again, let's let, let me, let me bring us back to our core whatever the hell we do here, okay? The only reason that we ventured off into Conestoga flatbed to begin with is because we had some people that wanted to get in the program that that's what they wanted to do when they left. So we brought them in here. We taught them the basics. We pulled a van. And as an advanced part of the program, we wanted to give them the chance to have experience with platforms. We fortunately, one of the one of our strategic partners is a super platform, heavy haul, big, you know, all that kind of shit guy. And so we approached him, Phil. You guys probably who I was talking about. Uh, he's usually on here. Uh, yeah. Um, but um, we approached him and say, Phil, would you be interested in in, in working with these guys? And, uh, and, and, and teach, showing them the ropes and getting them used to platform. So, we, again, we don't certainly teach that. We don't even recommend you do it. You know, again, remember what we do here. If you're a company driver and you're thinking about becoming an owner-operator, you're our market. All of these other yahoos that have their own authority and want to do all that, that, I don't give a shit about them, okay? That's not who we're here to help. 
you know we have we usually have 12 13 14 15 trucks we're interested in helping 15 people not make the mistake that most of these guys have made or going to make okay we want you to be in business in a couple of years okay we want you to have a profit you want you to know that you have a profit because you have books okay and we want you to put as much money as your pocket in your pocket as as as, as you can and we're here preparing to do that that's what we do right here okay the 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 the, the trailer thing no we don't have other than one flatbed which we only again bought that because we have Landstar. There's a waiting list at Landstar to get one of them. So if we got somebody that wants to practice on flatbed, we needed a trailer to be able to do that. But we don't own any van trailers. No, would I ever own any van trailers? Okay, because I can't keep them for what I pay Landstar to use them. Okay, I can't keep. I can't do the main trailers aren't for you. They use tires and brakes. Uh, people run forklift uh, uh, forks through the sides of them. You know, uh, drivers. Screw them up, back into shit. Uh, I can't, I can't do that for what I pay Landstar to use theirs. So, again, itemize it. What do we pay? What do we get for our thirty-five percent Landstar? And what do you have to pay with your authority for the same things? And I listen. If if, if you'll do it and be honest about it and not be prejudiced and biased when you start into it. I think you'll see. <clears throat> Here's the other thing. I, I, I need, and I need everybody to hear me. Okay. So, I mean, in a way it's kind of good that, that these clowns come in here raising hell. They make me drink. <clears throat> hear me clearly. Okay. Let's say that this, this uh, short bus guy who says he's billing his own customers and on 30 day again, I've said many times, if you have your own authority and you're doing it and you're doing it well, I commend you because you're, you're very, very, uh, not the norm. Okay. But guys, we have people coming in here to do our program and we find out they don't really know how to drive trucks all that well. They don't know how to read maps because they come from these robot training factories. So, they, I, it would be immoral to suggest to most of the people that have come into our program um, to go their own authority. They can barely drive the truck. I've had to teach shifting. I've had to teach backing. I've had to teach map reading. I've had to teach. I've had to teach stuff as a 25-year driver that I never thought. I just assumed, which you know, what happens when you assume that someone that's a qualified driver with one or two or five or seven years of experience knows how to drive a truck. That's not the case anymore, right? That's not. So when you take somebody like that and tell them to go get their own authority, might as well put a gun to their head and suck start a pistol. It's, it's suicide. But again, if you have that business skill, that entrepreneurial spirit, and you can do it, more power to you. But I'm telling you, 95% of people walking around today can't do it, shouldn't do it ever, especially when you can lease to a carrier that will do a lot of those things that, I mean, guys, I can't get people to send a damn email. 
I can't get them to scan their paperwork on time. How the hell do you think they're going to pass an audit of the what you, uh, the, new, the new entrance, the new entrance safety audit? <clears throat> they don't have a snowball's chance in hell. I can't get them to send an email when they arrive to the customer or put their damn fuel receipt in Dropbox. You think they're going to pass a first uh, for a first year audit? Not a chance. Because they're going, you're going to ask them to, the, okay, well, where's your, uh, where's your stuff? Oh, well, it's around here somewhere. Oh, I forgot. I got distracted. I forgot to file that paper. It's nonsense. And, and, let, and let's, let's not assume that. Let, let, let's, let's uh, clarify what, um, uh, uh, I don't even know how to say it. If you have your own authority and you're and you're and you're and you're doing well or you're succeeding or whatever, let's define what that means, okay? Um, because success in business means you're paying your taxes, okay? Uh, you're you've got um, you've got savings and reserve in case things go wrong, and you can survive it. You you're, you've got a retirement plan for you and your employees. You know, there, there's 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 different levels of success. Uh, keeping the, the trucks paid for is one of them. But what about all the other things? You know, I mean, how many times do I see every day uh, I had a major catastrophic uh, failure? I, I'm done. I'm out. Mm -hmm. That's not a successful business plan. OK, that's just getting by on skin of your teeth. And the first time something goes wrong, you're done. So let, let's let's clarify what it means when when I get people on here to tell me they're doing fine with their own authority. Um, are you really? You know, so. <clears throat> that, that's. Uh, it, it doesn't matter what the business is. OK, I mean, it could be a damn Chick-fil-A. If you're not accounting for risk and the, the detriment that that could have on your business when something goes wrong. Okay. That's, that's the issue. I mean, and we, because we have more trucks, we're exposed to more things and we see more things happen. Four trucks folk totaled in the time that we've, that, that he's been doing this, right? I've seen three of them, you know, and it didn't really make a dent in our business because the insurance company paid out and, 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 and it was net positive. But if you go, we actually did pretty good on the last one. Yeah. If you go, well, hell, didn't I mean, we, then we W rock. <laughs> I mean, think about that. That truck was totaled by the insurance company. They sent us a check. I put a hood and a bumper on it. We put it back to work. Uh, three, four months later, you know, um, and the and the truck hauled freight for another, gosh, eight or ten, eight or ten months, and then he sold it. Um, somebody was asking about if we'd done anything on platforms, episode 109, episode with Phil. Um, but here's, here's something else I want you to think about. I did a video on Zeke's truck, uh, truck that did $315,000 net or net revenue to the truck in 12 months. It took four hundred and fifty thousand. And by the way, that's after we paid things started at thirty five percent ransom. Okay, okay so four hundred and fifty thousand dollars in freight generated. Okay, three hundred and fifteen thousand dollars to the truck. 
minus all expenses, and it netted out at 180000 Now, here's my conundrum, and this is something that I can't speak on with any authority because, pardon the pun, uh, because I've never tried to book freight in the open market as like an independent carrier. Here's what I want to know. The truck did, the truck worked full time and it will be, will become 46 weeks. It ran 40, 45. The so, truck ran 45 so. weeks of the 52. It did 122,000 miles. So we broke all that down. So here's my question. I'm really good at booking loads. I'm really good at putting freight together, multiple loads, make them work out. Right. At Landstar, I was able to generate $450,000 in total gross revenue uh, paid to Landstar. Could I do that with my own party? I mean, because if we can't compare apples to apples when it comes to that top number, okay? So the lease truck gets 450 grand, the authority truck gets 450 grand, all right? And then of course Landstar's percentage down to 315, and then you pay all your insurance and you do all the stuff that it that have to do. And then it gets down to the bottom. If a guy with his own authority can generate $450,000 in that same time period, is the same $180,000 gonna be left over at the end? We did it. It's on paper, it's on record. We got all the receipts to prove it. That a guy could have bought that very same truck, did all the same stuff we did to it, and uh, do it. Now, Brandon just popped up. Yes, you can, believe it or not. I don't doubt it. I did it. I did it here at Landstar. 450 grand, 12 months. What I need you to understand is most new first-time owner-operators are not going to be able to do that, period. We can do it because we've got all the experience. i got 25 years. He's got 45 years in business. I've got you know, I've been around Landstar since 2014. So it's like not a big deal for me. You know, I know how the system works. I know we did do this, call this guy, move this. I, I can do all that. But that first time owner operator, are they really going to be coming and generate that kind of money? Can the first time guy, I mean, we what's the guy that does the podcast? The, oh gosh, William, um, hauling assets. His name's Chris. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, he's he's got hundreds of podcasts where he's gone through. He got a CDL, he got a truck, he got a trailer. Now he's got a couple, three trucks. But yeah, and but again, he is a seasoned businessman. All right, he was not flipping burgers yesterday and go. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go buy a truck and trailer, get a CDL, uh, start this. He's a seasoned businessman that did this, and I commend him for putting up his platform to to show people how to do it and help them get their authority and help them get the, the MC this and all that stuff. But we're talking about your average person, okay? Just walk through the truck stop parking lot and look around. And those are the people that you would suggest go get their own authority. Come on now. You know, I saw there was this picture went viral on TikTok the other day. Of this lady, very large lady, in her bathrobe and her hat and her flip-flops standing beside her truck at the security. Now, come on. Does she really need to go get her an authority? No. You know, you're walking around in flip-flops in a truck stop. You don't. 
one probably don't need to be driving a truck, much less owning one. But that's the big picture here. So all this land stars a joke and they're taking bullshit. I've got the receipts to prove it. If I can make a hunt, well, let's see, what's a uh, 180,000 divided by 450, a 40% profit of gross revenue. And then if you go 180,000 divided by 315,000, oops, one too many zeros. Come on. No, it's still wrong. 180,000 divided by 315. That says 57%. Well, no, oh yeah, big, big. That's correct. 57% profit of net revenue to the truck. 40% profit of gross revenue at Landstar. But Landstar's a joke. No. Landstar is a system. That's all it is. Money comes in, money is distributed to agents and BCOs, and then they go do what do with it what they want. You want to haul one load a week? You want to be the guy that uh, I saw the guy that one guy had some platform heavy haul guy was on one load for eight months. Well, I'd like to see that freight bill. I bet it was a. I bet there was three or four, you know, because they say the freight bills only go to nine ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. I bet there was three or four freight bills on that one. I, I, that's math, y'all. That don't have that don't have jack shit to do with Landstar being leased or an authority. Fifty-seven percent profit of gross revenue or net revenue. I mean, my God. Uh, yeah, Ken and Mary Anderson. I'll take that joke seven days a week. You know. Then that's what we're trying to get to. So, now, could you? Mr. Mrs. Potential first time owner operator. Could you get you a truck, go down to Lone Mountain or um, um, uh, wherever, Schneider Finance, generate $450,000 of a $315,000 net revenue and profit, profit, y'all know what the word profit means, Brandon. Profit means revenue minus expenses. Our revenue minus our expenses, every single one of them, driver, payroll, fuel, maintenance, whatever, $180,000 profit. There's nothing left out. Zero left out of that. Every single expense subtracted from that equaled $180,000. And by the way, that was paying $55,000 to the truck owner. We made 48 and the driver made 90. It's just math. Doesn't have anything to do, and which is why we call this the Bullshit Eliminator 9000 version CP. Because it's just math. That's all it is. So, but God, we have been conditioned in this industry. We have been lied to by this industry. This industry has lied to, lied to, manipulated uh, God, give me some more uh, aggressive adjective. This uh, industry has lied to drivers from day one, right? All this bullshit. About, and of course, everybody comes into the big corporate Schneider and U.S. Express and think that their way of doing business is how you should do it as an independent owner operator. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. <clears throat>
So why don't we get Brandon Shortbus to come on the podcast and bring some of his books and let's see how much money he that he didn't leave out there. Okay. Just take one of his trucks and see what it did and see how much money was left out there. Okay. <clears throat> he said he's willing to show us, but well, come on in. Set it up. Come on. Um, now, all of our contact is on our website, blueribbonlogistics.com. Contact us and we'll set it up. And uh, we'll do it live so that it's not edited. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll just see. Okay? We'll just see what it looks like. Um, That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Now, I, I want, we, need, we need real books. We don't want something written on a napkin. Okay? So it, it needs to be. i tell you what would be better to do. Just bring your tax return what you sent to the IRS. Now I'll bring mine. Um, you know, the, the David Thomas brings up an interesting point here because I've heard this all over the place. Because you've looked at it. I've never personally looked for quotes, but you have. David has. I looked at insurance last year in Florida. The cheapest I found for first-year authority was $30,000. Um, and that's for one truck? I'm assuming I Probably. I, I would assume so. Um, again, let's say you, let's say you got some money. What, what do you? I need your BSC nine thousand. Okay. Um, okay. Here's a, here's a real life example. A guy called us one time. I'm I'm trying to remember the details, but he said, "I want to. I want you got. He wanted to get his. He wanted to buy a truck and a trailer." He wanted to get his own authority, and he wanted us to mentor him because of this basic trucking business stuff. Um, he didn't want to get a company driver job. He didn't want to have to go be a company driver for a year, establish that experience to be able to come to Landstar. He wanted to go straight from zero to owner-operator with his full authority, trusted our business acumen to walk him through that process. And I said... Show me that you've got $500,000 in the bank. And I might do it, but you've got to pay cash for the truck. You've got to pay cash for the trailer. You've got to have $500,000 in the bank. And then maybe I'll do it. We didn't hear from him again after that. Because the risk was unbelievable. Hell, he was going to have to pay me, you know, stupid money because I'm going to have to teach this guy how to drive a truck. I'm going to have to teach him all the stuff that he would learn come through the front door like everybody else. But he wanted to, he wanted to go around everything. And we're like, ah, hell no, absolutely not. It's bad enough. You can't get enough experience driving a truck now in a year to actually learn how to drive the damn thing. Um, you know, and, and then this, this, this absolute vultures, these, these immoral bastards in their lease programs that's meant to rip you off. That's what, that's what, you know, kill them. Everybody bitches and whines about land stores, rip off land. While these carriers, you don't talk about a rip off, talk about Swift. When I, when my truck failed and I went, I went to Swift for 30 days, because I had to make money. So I'm out in, uh, oh, what you call it, uh, Little America in Flagstaff, and I'm sitting in a little restaurant, and there was these Swift guys sitting there. And I, I kind of overheard him talking. And one was a trainer, uh, and he was leasing the truck. And and so I just kind of casually struck up conversation with him, and I asked him what his fuel surcharge was. And this was in 
uh, April or May of 2017. You know what he told me his fuel surcharge was? Nine cents. Nine. So I opened my phone and I went to the EIA retail site. And I said, do you know what the EIA retail fuel surcharge is right now? And he was like, no. And at that time, I don't remember the exact number, but it was 40 40 some cents, probably 30, 40, 35, 40. I'm like, so where's the rest of the fuel surcharge if you're only getting nine cents? And I'm like, by the way, what's your truck payment? Oh, it's 9.85 a week. What are they paying you per mile? And it was like a buck nine plus the nine cent fuel surcharge. And I'm like, this guy's got to run 6,000 miles a week. Of course, do it with a trainer, a trainee. That's not risky or anything. But Landstar's would rip off for the love of all. No, it's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> so I just figured out our, our annual insurance uh, oh. is about $4,100. Another, add another $1,600 for workers' comp. I'm not sure that's in his quote. So um, that's what it costs us to insure. I would, I would think, I would think. So, so just so you know, there's basically, if you're, if you're going to operate a truck in a trailer, you've got to have cargo liability which is your cargo insurance that covers the cargo in the event of loss. There's liability in case you run over somebody. Okay. There's physical damage, which is like what your collision is on your car. On truck and trailer. On truck and trailer. You got a physical damage. Okay. And then you have to have what's called bobtail or unladen liability, which is what covers you if you don't have a load in the back. The cargo liability covers you when you're loaded. The unladen bobtail covers you when you are not loaded. So you've got these three types of insurance that you have to pay. And I would probably assume the 30 grand, you know, David, if you're still on here, you can pop up. Uh, but I would assume it would include cargo liability, bobtail, and physical damage. Because why wouldn't you have it all in one package? 30 grand. You said we're at 50. Well, we're at 5,600, 5,700. Including workers comp. Including workers comp. All right. I doubt that's in the 30,000. So you still got to do your workers' comp. So we're 4,100, 4,200 without that. Per truck, right? For one truck. Yeah. One truck. Mm -hmm. 4,200 bucks for insurance. A year. Now, a year. A year. Now, if our trucks were worth, that, what is that stated, 30,000, 30, 30,000 30, on some of them? Yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, okay. If you buy a $100,000 truck, that calculation's going up. Your physical, oh, he said no workers comp or bobtail. The 30,000 was just cargo liability. So he's got 30,000 plus he has to play the, pay the bobtail, um, unladen liability and physical damage uh, and workers comp. And the physical damage is going to be based on the value of the truck. Right. And the insurability of the driver, you know. <clears throat> so the, um, you know, but I, I mean, it took me a while, even after I became an owner-operator, which, of course, when I started, um, was with Anderson leasing a truck. And, I, you know, it took me a couple of months to be able to go through that settlement and really understand what it was I was paying. And, of course, most people don't even read their damn settlement or read the contract. But I finally figured out, I'm like, okay, well, i got to pay this for that. And then you had the, what do you call the deductible where you pay so you don't have to pay the deductible. Um, we had that in there too. Um, but y'all that I'm, I left Anderson trucking and came to Landstar and the contract was so almost identical. Like Anderson paid 67% versus, 
versus 65, but their insurance insurances were higher. Their uh, the way they did uh, oh, what was it? Um, the escrows and stuff were different. I looked at a year at Anderson and a year at Landstar, and it was it was a wash. Landstar was a little bit cheap. Oh, it was the the CPP. I think I was paying like a hundred and ten dollars a week versus the thirty five or thirty eight what we pay here. Well, that um, depends on the state you live in. So right, <clears throat> I was on I was a CPP state. So, um, but there's just so much. We you know like it's second nature to us. We we have all the vocabulary and and we've been doing it for so long. Um, it's not difficult for us when something happens. Okay, well, better call this department at Landstar or that department at Landstar. Um, and then they take care of it. And then it's taken care of, you know. Um, but there's too much risk for a first-time owner-operator to go get their own authority. Now, if you've been at Landstar five years and you've got uh, all your all your ducks in a row and you want to venture out and try that, I can't, I can't tell you you know what oh no no but i still wouldn't recommend it um let's hit this a little bit real quick because everybody's talking about no 2009 engines allowed in california as of today or is that just to operate in california you cannot go there's probably still a thousand well i don't know i think maybe even they took the thousand i don't know i think there's still a thousand mile there's a thousand there has always been a thousand mile exemption um you know, I'd kind of like to be a fly on the wall and see how many of them actually go away. I mean, it's going to we're, we're not experts on this because we don't own a truck that can go to California. Yeah. So and we, I, don't, we didn't leave anything out there. We didn't really intend to go back out there to get it. So it doesn't really matter. But I, it, it is correct. You know, 2009 um, is, the, is the latest, earliest. Or 2010 is the earliest. You cannot have a 2009. Your truck has to basically have a uh, SCR and has to have DEF. If you don't have DEF, you can't go into California. Um, but, you know, it's, um, it, it's, it is what it is. I mean, you don't have to go to California to make money in trucking business. Okay? Oh, hell no. So, now, if you live there, I, I, my first question is why? Um, there's 47 other states, um, you know, continental. You know, of course, Hawaii's not much better. Not much to do in Alaska, so that leaves 47 other states. I probably move, um, but you know, if you're going to be in trucking, California's not the place to do it. Um, so, uh, let me roll back through the comments here. Uh, oh, there's Phil. I knew he was in here somewhere. There are more lunatics run trucks running in California than they want you to believe. I guarantee they just don't. They don't have. That's a big state. Okay, and they just do not have the enforcement capabilities to get them all. Um, I mean, y'all go back to the out the outlaw days in the seventies and eighties. Everybody just run at night, you know. Now I guarantee you, there's a bunch of outlaws out there running around with non-compliant trucks, and they'll never catch them, you know. Or they might catch one and make an example out of him, and um, you know, a whole lot of stupid. Listen, stupid's born in California, and just moves they don't have a monopoly. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, to hell with California. It's a pretty state, but hey, they'll go broke eventually. It's a pretty state, but not to drive a truck. No, hell no. Okay. Um, 
<clears throat> looking through comments. I had, um, I had mentioned last week that I would talk a little bit about LLC and S Corp and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you get to where you're tired of dealing with uh, <laughs> defending Landstar and, and well, authority, yeah, let, we can talk yeah. about something probably a little more. Um, yeah, let's do that. Go ahead. We got, the people. we got about 20 uh, minutes for almost shut this down and go to bed. Well, we will. Somebody asked a question. What's the oldest engine you can get an ELD in? Any engine that is not mechanical. Okay. Any engine that has a. Has a um, it takes you about 95 ish. Yeah. Some of the 94. Any, any, any truck has an ECM. You can mm -hmm. put an ELD in. Okay. Yeah. So um, that gets you in the mid 90s. All right. Um, and then this question here why not 2003? We, 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 that's just what we prefer. We, we, listen, we own a 99, okay? Uh, we own 2000. So, but, um, you know, um, it, it's just, let me, let me answer that, okay? Because, listen, I'm a big fan of the Colombian Century because they're easy to work on. Are they pretty? No. Do they ride good? No. Are they quiet? No. Are they hot in the summer and cold in the winter? Yes. Uh, but by God, they pull freight and do so efficiently. Here's my issue with the 9902, and it's mainly all about the HVAC system, okay? The older, like FLDs, had, um, uh, well, the new thing's called a blend door. I can't, I don't know the technical term. But where you basically have vacuum <laughs> lines and, um, um, you know, you're using vacuum and air and cables and levers, to move stuff in there. Well, you start getting a 20 some year old truck, that stuff starts to get brittle. Whereas the, I think it's 03 and up to 07 have the blend door system where you just got a couple of servos. Um, it's electronically controlled and we've had almost no problems out of those. Well, some of these interior HVAC pieces for the 99 to 02s are unobtainium. Um, I mean, there, I, there, what was that word you just said? Unobtainium. Unobtainium. Uh, yeah. Unable. Like unattainable. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That you can't get them, right? Okay. So, and it's just, and of course, it's not very efficient. I'm, I'm Rocky's truck. You know, I was telling the guy when he come pick it up. And I'm like, well, listen, here you gotta know. Um, there's a there's a lever. It goes side to side for heat and cold. Okay, which on the left is Siberia. And on the right is the seventh rung of hell. And there's no in-between. So you're going to go from hell to Siberia and back to hell and back to Because it's just, it's not. And my friend Dan, who's got a classic, he's tried electronic servos. And he's tried to re-engineer his HVAC system in his classic because it's just got that old valve. And that valve is basically either off or on. And um, so those trucks are... Um, just they're getting a little more difficult to work on, whereas the 03 to 07, especially the 05, 06, 07, they had a lot of that stuff perfected, and EGR is not an issue now. Just, just think of it this way 2003 to 07 is our target area. Does that mean we won't buy a 99 or a 2000? Hell no, we will. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it might not be our first choice, but it's still a lot better than the. Than the 2008 and newer, 
So, um, you know, it, it's, it, it, we, we would not turn it down. We just would, you know, we, we wouldn't be looking for it. If, if, if I had, found us, we probably would. Right. If there's an 03 and an 09 sitting side by side, everything's equal. The 09's out. Yeah. That's not even an option. No, I, I meant 99 and 03. Okay. Well, if, if a 99 and 03 are sitting side by side, everything's equal price, I'm going to go 03 to 07. Just, you know, um, it's like the Volvo. You know, we could, we bought that Volvo for $9,000, uh, made a ton of money with it. Yeah, whatever. Put, you know, but God almighty, the Volvo dealer, they don't even use Vaseline. Okay. Uh, they bend you over that, that counter's just the right they height. They don't even say it's going to pinch a little yeah, bit. Yeah, they, they just, that counter's just the right height. There's a little dip in the counter right there, and that's where they bend you over, and they just ram it home with no warning, okay? That's why I don't like Volvos. I love driving a Volvo. It's like driving a da damn zero-turn motor. Rides like a dream. Fuel mileage is amazing until you got to go to the parts counter, and then God help you. I had a, an ABS problem. It ended up being a wire, and Carl fixed it, but... You know, it was. I needed a wiring harness that was like six foot long. It was fourteen hundred dollars at the Volvo dealer. I had the very same thing happen on a Freightliner. I had to replace the um, the the harness from the ABS box back to the rear uh, module. It was like ninety six dollars. I'm gonna you know. I'm gonna shut this down, okay? Because I got shit I need to talk about. That's important. Okay, go ahead, Jamal. You obviously are new to the to the um, oh, to the ahead. broadcast here. This is not a general trucking discussion. Our market is the first time owner operator buying his first truck, and there's no way on God's green earth that that's going to buy, be a Tesla. So that's not in our wheelhouse, and so we're not going to address it. Now we do. We can address this one. How can truckers make a profit with high fuel prices? Easy, easy, super easy. Keep your cost down. We made money on fuel run, last year. Run, run a fuel-efficient truck that gets seven miles per gallon or more, and um, you, it's not a problem, okay? Um, <laughs> but we listen, we have 140 episodes that can talk about that. Just go listen to one of them, okay? okay. All right. I tell you, I said last week, this we're in the year. So we're all done. Um, yeah. You know, there are different... Um, structures, business structures that you can operate your business under. Most people start out as a sole proprietor because it's the easiest way to do it. There's the least amount of restrictions. Um, you know, the, 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 you just pretty much just do everything you do and all your business income and expenses flow through to your uh, individual tax return on what's called a Schedule C. Um, and that that's fine. That, that There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, not a thing at all. But here's the here's the um, here's the caveat. Once you get to the point where you're profiting, and I'm going to use that word again. And you have to understand, profit means what you're paying tax on, what you made when all the smoke clears, and what you're reporting to the IRS. That's your profit. If that gets to be about sixty-five thousand dollars or more, you're paying more taxes as a sole proprietor than you would. If you were to become, choose to, to become an LLC and then take what's called an S-Corp election. Now, I'm not going to get in the weeds here, but let me just sort of just hit this a little bit, make you understand it. LLC is a limited liability corporation. Um, and like all corporations, um, they, you know, they, there's such a thing as corporate tax and then your own personal tax. 
And if you just happen to start a corporation, you've got to pay the tax. The corporation's got to be paid, pay, pay, uh, pay tax. And then whatever you took home as an individual, uh, you, that's taxable too. So there's double taxation when you get into the corporate game, okay? Making the S-Corp election eliminates the double taxation on LLCs. Now, it does it on C-Corp, but there's, unless you're really, really, really big, there's no way you want to be a C-Corp anyway. Um, so, I mean, Landstar might be a C-Corp, but there's no way that you need to be a C-Corp as, as any kind of, you know, uh, small fleet, even a medium or, or um, size fleet. It's just not necessary because the double taxation. That's the number one reason. Um, and there's a, the C-Corp requires a lot of regulatory um, restrictions, okay? So the LLC is a step up from the sole proprietor. You can be a single um, member LLC. Um, you know, you can, you can be a partnership LLC, you know. It, it doesn't really, as long, as long as all of you live in this country and there's not more than 100 of you, you're eligible to become an LLC. And the advantage <coughs> there is that you can make this S-Corp election, and now the, all the profit that the LLC makes can be funneled through to you individually at your individual tax rate, not the corporate rate. And there's no tax on the corporation whatsoever. It all flows to you. That's one advantage. The other advantage is when you, when you become a corporation, one of the requirements is you must pay yourself a reasonable salary. As a sole proprietor, it doesn't matter. It all gets mingled together. You're going to pay tax on all of it anyway. But one of the advantages of being an S-Corp is that you can pay yourself what's considered a reasonable salary by the IRS, and the description of reasonable is going to be, if you didn't do it and you had to pay somebody else to do it, what would that cost you? That becomes reasonable. Now, that salary is going to be taxed just like you would work at the grocery store on the street. You know, it's going to be, you're, you're going to have a payroll service that's going to do the deductions on that. You know, your, your federal, your state, your local, all those things. So that, that income is taxed at, at the full 15.3% self-employment tax, okay? But everything that your co corporation makes over and above what you pay yourself on salary is only taxed at 50% of that self-employment tax or 7.65, okay? So I've got a slide here. Chris, how can I share? Can you help me share? Um, you're on your computer? Yeah. I'm gonna just walk around there. Okay. okay. I've got a couple of slides that, um, um, where are they um, they're on, they're right there. Okay. No, next one. No. Yeah. And then you can hit play on the full screen. <clears throat> we're not normally in the same room, so normally we're having to do this over, you know, 100, 250 miles. Okay, so here's the difference between the two, okay? Um, as a sole proprietor, again, which most people do as a startup because it's easy to get going, doesn't require any kind of... Um, you know, you don't have to pay somebody to set up a corporation. It's easy set up. There's no cost. You're taxed on your 1040 with what's called a Schedule C. You don't have to have separate bank accounts. 
and you start, you don't have to have you know your all the money's yours. So it, whether you pay your business bills out of your personal uh, money or you pay your personal money, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All the business income is taxed as ordinary income. Now, like I say, the, the the downside of that is once you get above this magic number of sixty-five thousand profit, you're now overpaying your taxes. Well, this contrasts a sole proprietor to an LLC subchapter S. First of all, it costs money to set it up. Not a lot. You can do it yourself or you can pay somebody on the internet to do it for you. Uh, but it does, it does cost something to get it done. It requires a corporate tax return, and those aren't always cheap, okay? Especially if you're not a very good bookkeeper. The more work the accountant has to do, the more they're going to charge you. So if you don't have books and you just take everything in there in a big box and drop it on your desk and run, you're going to pay money for that. If you want to teach yourself a little bit of bookkeeping and you take them, you know, things that are organized and, and a lot of the entries already done, then that won't be as expensive as you, as you think, okay? But here's where, the, here's where the, uh, the differences come in. Now, as a corporation, you must have a corporate bank. You cannot co-mingle the funds. You have to take money out, you have to pay yourself in, 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 in payroll, okay? Or you have to pay yourself in dividends. Now, here's the thing. You want as much of your income paid as dividends as the IRS will allow, because that's where the tax savings is. But one of the things that you, uh, um, uh, one of the things that can happen as an LLC is that the level of audit could go up because they realize that people are abusing this not paying themselves the reasonable payroll thing. And so that triggers an audit pretty quickly if you're not doing a reasonable thing. So um, you, know, you can't really cheat this. You've got to pay yourself a salary. It's got to be reasonable. And then, you, and then everything else you make is a dividend. Now, um, I'm going to, uh, Chris, I need to go forward a slide. Here we go. Okay. So here's an example of the tax savings of an S-Corp over a um, sole proprietor. Let's just say you pay yourself a reasonable salary of $1,200 a week, okay? That's going to come to sixty-three grand a year. Now, if you're, you know, a, a, a typical Landstar BCO is making $150 plus a year. So in this case, we're just using the, the, the lower end of that. If your business is making $150 grand in profit, Okay, as a sole proprietor, you would have paid $23,444 of that as self-employment tax. But as an S-Corp, and you pay yourself the $63,000 salary, only $87,000 of that profit is going to be taxed and only at half of the rate. And that would be $66,55 for a total savings of almost $17,000. $17,000. And all you did was make a make an election, so that's the the you know the the power of this, um, but but it does have cost, um, and it does have um, uh, another uh, tax return that you have to stay on top of, and um, and so it's um, you know it, it, it that's why the sixty five thousand is a threshold because less than that the cost of being an S-Corp is going to exceed your tax savings, you know. But when you get to that level right there, you're going to save more, as you as you saw there, you're going to save way more in taxes than you are going to spend to be an S-Corp. So 
I promise you guys last year I'll talk about that. Now, let me explain some timing things to you. Um, either after, if you're an LLC right now and not elected in this court, uh, you would make your escort election at the same time you file your, you recreate your LLC. But let's say that um, that um, um, that you're existing, you 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 you've, you've become an LLC, but you didn't take the escort election. Okay, you've got two and a half months, two months and fifteen days from the beginning of your tax year, which I'm assuming most of you guys are on a calendar year anyway. So you've got to what does that make it? Uh, March fifteenth. Yeah. To uh, to make that election, and it would be retroactive back to the first of the year. So I wanted to bring that up at this point in time because if if you guys are making more than sixty five grand, okay, it's in your it's it's in your advantage, it's to your advantage, to uh, to become a, an LLC with an escort. And um, and the other thing is, uh, it, if you're paying yourself a salary, that's already taxed. You know, if you guys yeah. are LLCs right now and you're not making quarterly tax, you know, payments. That's going to come back and bite you too, because if you didn't pay it as much as you paid the year before, there's a penalty on that uh, and interest. So um, this is I'm going back to what I said earlier about being successful in business. Successful business successful business people don't they make, they pay their taxes, they pay their quarterly tax when they're due. So if that's been a problem for you, this might be a way of getting around that because you're going to start paying yourself every month or every week or however you're going to do it and tax that. You know, and that way you're not holding the government. You know, a big problem with guys that make that that they're in business is they think all the money they make is theirs, right. and it's not. Okay, you're holding it, but it's not your money. And so, doing it this way, you're paying as you go, and then um, you know your your quarterly by paying it in salary to yourself, your your quarterly <clears> tax, <throat> uh, dollar uh, deposit is going to be a lot smaller because it's just going to be. Uh, on your dividends. Uh, Cookie, can you change an EIN from one of these to the other? You don't have to change the EIN. You just have to, you just have to elect. I think it. that's what he means. Change the EIN from one. Oh, to yeah. The other. So you, the, the process, if you're, a, if you're an LLC now, uh, you file, well, I think it's the form, I think it's called form 2553. If you're not an LLC, you file, you file a form, I think it's 8623 or 8263 to make that uh, to make that LLC uh, be created, and you can make the S election at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if you're not a, if you're not a, an, an LLC, you want to do form I think it's 8623 or 8263. Uh, if you are a um, let me see I've got it, I have it in front of me right here. If you are an LLC already and you haven't made the S corp election, it's uh, it's um, form uh, 2523. If you want to be in business <clears throat> and you are not talking 2553 and you're not talking to a CPA before you start it about this stuff so that you have a basic grasp, your business is starting off on the wrong foot. You 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 definitely need a good tax accountant. I highly recommend a, a, a CPA. A CPA and an accountant aren't the same. It's kind of like a real estate agent and realtor. Uh, CPA has a college degree and continuing education credits and, and, and passes a, a very difficult board exam to become a CPA. Uh, I highly recommend that you find one of those. Uh, it's even better if you find one and know something about trucking. Um, that person will save you more than it costs you. Oh, yeah. Um, 
That, did you answer your question? Uh, can S Corp can have, absolutely a, a, an S Corp an LLC can be a single member LLC. That's not a problem. You can have up to a hundred members, and it can be an S Corp. Okay. Um, is there a tax bill as an LLC election? If I made less than. Well, reading it out for because there's people okay. on audio. Is there a tax penalty as an LLC S election if I made less in 2022 than I did in 2021? And the reason I made less would be because I took a lot of time. No, no. Now, if you didn't make 65000 and you're not already an S corporation, I wouldn't do it this year. I wouldn't do it next year because it's going to cost you more to do it than you're going to save. But if you're already an LLC and you just make the S corp election, then yeah, you can do that. But that's not a problem. Doesn't matter what you did. You're you're changing the status of your situation from either a sole proprietor to an LLC or from an LLC to an S corp. Uh, but that that there's no penalty to do that. No. Um, but again, now I, let me let me say that I am not a tax accountant. I'm not a CPA. I'm not an expert at this, except I've done it for a long time. But um, still, consult with your tax person. You've got time because you got to March 15th. <clears throat> Um, but um, I would certainly recommend you, you're, you know, just think of it this way. Everything you make over and above your salary that you're going to start paying yourself, you're going to pay half the self-employment tax on it than you are right now. Half. Okay. So uh, do you have guidelines how figuring out the CPA is working? You say it. My, you want, well, I had a partner that was a CPA. So, I mean, I, I, I got to know a lot about, CPA and accounting booking. I can talk to one and kind of tell. But if, if I were you, um, first, I would just ask them right up front. Do you have any clients in the trucking industry? If they don't, I would say, do you do you understand what the per diem is for the people in the trucking business? Because it's vastly different than any other industry. Mm-hmm. And if they don't know the answer to that, then I would either say, are you willing to study up to, t- to have my business, or I would just go find someone else. Now, listen, there's big companies out here. that There's that four-letter word company that does this, and they certainly have, you know, it, it, I'm not a fan because I believe that you should be doing your own entry, your own bookkeeping. You will learn more about your business by doing your own bookkeeping than you'll ever learn by letting somebody else do it for you. But I don't recommend you do your own tax return, okay? I don't even do that, and I'm pretty damn good, okay? <laughs> um, but um, uh, but I do I do all of my own accounting. And oh, by the way, we do have an accounting uh, program here. We, we have two things. I can teach you how to do it, or I can do it for you, okay? Uh, go to the website, and you'll, you'll find the information there. Um, but... You know, using ATBS or using any of the trucking things, that, that's fine. But I, I beg you to take out the reports and, and, and study them, go over with a fine tooth comb, memorize them, because half the benefit of doing, of, of having the numbers is interpreting what they mean and looking for trends and, and, uh, and, and, and understanding where your money's going. You know, if you get somebody to do it for you and all you do is just throw in the box, you're not getting anything. You're getting it done. You're satisfying the requirement that the IRS says you got to do it. But you're not learning anything from you. You don't know anything about, how, you know, what, what's your percentage of fuel to revenue, you know? Um, I would say most people, probably 
high 20s, low 30s. If you really get start tracking that and you start working on your fuel miles, ours is like 21, okay? Part of the reason why we're so profitable is because we don't spend much money on fuel, okay? So, um, and that's with fuel being crazy outstanding, you know, but, but understand, controlling cost is all about knowing the numbers, you know? Uh, you've heard us tell the story last year. You know, we started out last year with seven trucks. We end up with like 13 or 14. Well, in March, I'm looking at our tolls, and I'm like, Jesus, at the current rate, we're going to our tolls are going to be to $40,000 by the end of the year, okay? So we jumped on it. We had a meeting. We talked to everybody. We made everybody understand, you know, the, 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 the decision-making process of taking a toll road or not taking it. Turns out we end up with uh, our tolls for, for 13 trucks was less than 20 grand. By the way, you know what our tolls were in 2022? Mm. $10,797. Nice. With, uh, with all the trucks. So, you know, but just see me just knowing that. I mean, if, if you don't have an idea of what you're, what you're spending, how do you control it? How do you, how do you possibly you know, cut the cost? You know, going back to that original question, how do you make money in trucking? Controlling costs. Okay, not spending any more than you have to, and then finding areas where you can control the cost. That's what the numbers do for you. I do my accounting every Wednesday. Okay, so every Wednesday I know exactly what our numbers are. Now I get it. I've got first of all I got the time to do it, and I'm kind of a numbers fiend. But if you did it monthly, it'd be okay. All right. The only problem with monthly is if you have a problem that's going on, it takes you three or four weeks to catch it. Yeah, I got a problem going on. I know about it less than a week. So, um, what uh, other questions, Chris? No, I think we're good. We're two hours and five minutes. I'll cut this. I'll cut the CPA section out and post it as a separate video and put it on the channel. Okay, everybody. Okay. Um, we'll be back with you next Sunday night, twenty one hundred, as usual. Um, I'm sorry, my brain's just shutting down. We, we've been in this room all weekend, and we've got a lot done. And I'm sleep-deprived, uh, probably still a little hungover. And uh, I'm ready to drive home and go to bed. So everybody be good and be safe. We'll see you next week. Um, go check out the website. Um, have a look. Give us some feedback. See what you think. Uh, but we put a lot of information on there in the last couple of days. So... Some of you guys out. have been waiting for us to respond to your emails. Those will be coming now that we've got some, you'll be getting some things from us. So. Yeah, we got some lists yeah. to go through. So, all right, everybody, we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Have a good week.